Well, joining us now, a very special guest, Dr. Soumya Swaminathan, who is with the World Health Organization as a principal scientist looking uh, at, at everything about, um, you know, the science and the research which emerged uh, out of COVID. Thank you, ma'am, very much for being with us. You had a look at this report. Uh, the CMC report indicates that Indians are impacted more by long COVID than people in different parts of the world. Why is this the case? Well, uh, firstly, just uh, a little bit about the study um, that you referred to. It was done at the Christian Medical College. Um, uh, it was a follow-up of people who were uh, admitted during the first wave of COVID. And the median time that had elapsed between their discharge and when they were studied was about, I think, 65 days or so. So it was quite soon after recovery. It was about two to three months after recovery. And it was a one-time assessment. And basically what it showed is that uh, the diffusion capacity of the lung was significantly uh, impaired. I mean, it was abnormal in about 45% of people, uh, which means that certainly their lungs had been damaged. Uh, but there, there hasn't been a longer-term follow-up uh, of these people. Uh, most of the studies of long COVID, you know, have... Uh, followed people out over six months, 12 months, and even longer than that to really know how many people are uh, continue to suffer from, uh, from uh, the uh, long-term after effects or sequela. So it's clear that there is a, a percentage of people, mm -hmm. say around 10%, 10 to 20% in, in various studies. So it's very hard to compare what they've done in two months with other studies that have looked at different, uh, over different periods of time. But having said that, I think the one thing that, uh, is true is that uh, Indians have a very high rate of comorbidities. And I think even in their studies, something like 70% of people had comorbidities. And we know that that's associated with uh, more severe illness, but it's also probably contributing, you know, to a higher probability of having these uh, long-term respiratory uh, problems. So that could be part of the reason, but I think we need much more data on long COVID from India before we can um, uh, conclude that Indians have a higher, you know, prevalence of long COVID than, than other populations. 44% of patients show adverse impact of lung functioning per this uh, report. How do comorbidities also impact the lungs? Yes, I mean, there are some comorbidities that can certainly affect lung function. I mean, diabetes has, you know, widespread um, impacts on the microvasculature on the small blood vessels. But the other major comorbidity could be, and I think we'll have to look into more details into the patient profile, could be uh, smoking for one and people exposed to other uh, pollutants, you know, whether it's indoor household air pollution because of biomass being used for cooking or whether it is air pollution externally, which many of us are exposed to now. And, um, you know, those could all be contributing to uh, the underlying respiratory issues that could have been uh, exacerbated by COVID. So I think in general, that comorbidities do contribute to having various kinds of post-COVID syndromes, including respiratory problems. And ma'am, statistically, what is data from other international surveys showing on the impact of, uh, of long COVID? So some of the risk factors for long COVID, of course, are having very severe disease initially. Though overall, if you look at numbers, the numbers of people who have long COVID come more from the mild group because many more millions of people had mild rather than severe COVID. So in terms of proportion, many more people from mild COVID have 
have the post-COVID syndrome. Then if you've had repeated infections, more chances of having uh, these symptoms. If you've not been vaccinated, more chances of having symptoms. And in some studies, poverty has been associated also with a higher uh, proportion. Perhaps they attributed to the fact that there was those people did not have enough time to take rest and maybe they didn't get adequate care also. The use of antivirals like Paxlovid at the time of having COVID is associated with a lower uh, frequency of having uh, long COVID. In terms of what lies behind this, what's the pathology, there are still many hypotheses or theories around. None of them have been conclusively proved. Some suggest that there's persistent virus maybe in the gut, and so a bit of antigen keeps you know, getting released into the blood. Some studies suggest it's an autoimmune phenomenon, that there are autoantibodies that get generated, especially in people who don't have a good initial immune response to the uh, infection. And others have suggested that there, there are other inflammatory pathways which get activated. Clearly, COVID is associated with inflammation uh, that causes a lot of the acute damage and potentially it could cause some of this long-term damage as well. Practically every organ in the uh, body has been found to be affected. So COVID wasn't just a respiratory virus, but it had these effects on the cardiovascular system. So we've seen this increasing risk of heart attacks in people who recovered from COVID. It causes more diabetes compared to people who have not had COVID. Neurological problems, you know, they've found a higher incidence of not only depression and anxiety, but also some cognitive impairment, kidney problems, um, and then this chronic fatigue syndrome, which of course has been reported previously, you know, after other viral infections, and we still, scientists still don't know what causes that chronic fatigue syndrome. As far as treatment, there are some clinical trials going on, but because we don't know the exact uh, mechanism and pathogenesis, there's no specific treatment for uh, long COVID, but uh, of course you can treat the symptoms based on which you know, organ system is impacted. And there, are, there is a need for more trials, uh, both to find biomarkers that can tell if you know, somebody has this long COVID or not, uh, at the moment, there's no particular blood test to tell you whether you're suffering from long COVID. So we need more research on biomarkers. We also need more clinical trials uh, and long-term follow-up studies, especially in different populations. Like you asked the question about Indians, um, ICMR is you know, following mm -hmm. up some cohorts, other, uh, other medical colleges are doing so. We need more of that data to come out. Right, ma'am. Thank you very much for speaking to us, uh, Dr. Swamia Swaminathan, and telling us about uh, you know, the impact and what these results in these, uh, in these studies are now indicating. Thank you very much indeed. A new study by the Christian Medical College, Velour, has some fairly important data coming in on the impact of long COVID on Indians uh, and how COVID has actually impacted Indians in a way, uh, perhaps in a more severe way, uh, than in many cases in this trial, uh, than people in China or in parts of Europe. Joining us to talk about this, Dr. D.J. Christopher, one of the authors uh, of this report, Professor of Pulmonary Medicine at the Christian Medical College in Velour, also joined by Dr. Sunila Garg and Dr. Sudarshan Balal, all experts in this field. Um, Dr. Christopher, let me come to you first. Why, it's a basic question, are Indians perhaps more predisposed to having a long-term impact of COVID than people in other parts of the world? Or is that assumption correct? Yeah, I think it's correct. But I would just step back and say that uh, this study was done during the first phase of COVID. 
uh, with the uh, with some information that the previous SARS-CoV-2, that is SARS-CoV-2-1, which occurred 15 years before the uh, SARS-CoV-2, which we are very familiar with, and MERS-CoV left the lung with some scars that perhaps did not go away. So this is the basis for our study and so we evaluated uh, a series of patients and did detailed lung functions and their walking capacity, quality of life and so on. So what startled us was the fact that uh, sensitive lung function tests showed that 44% had an impairment of their lung function. Uh, so that was the startling finding and 35% had what is called a restricted effect which essentially means that the lung doesn't inflate to normal capacity and we know that will impact patients ability to work and also 8% had what is called obstructive ventilatory defect which is really a obstruction to the passage of uh, air into the lungs so this this was a summary of the impairments we saw on the Indian population and this is higher than any study published uh, the studies done were in Europe and in China uh, and we compared the results and it appears that we have had it worse than them. Dr. Garga, you would have gone through this report. Uh, again, the basic question, are Indians necessarily more predisposed? See, primarily it's a very, very important question because we see, you know, Indians are more predisposed but uh, as we can see that, you know, when we start, went through the whole period of COVID, what we realized was, you know, in terms of presentation of symptoms, it was lung function tests, you know, which were more impaired and also during the course of time, what we realized was respiratory symptoms were most predominant and still also when we are studying, we did one study in Delhi also, which we have recently completed on long-term COVID. That means follow-up from four weeks, four to eight weeks and eight weeks onwards. What we are seeing that, you know, that respiratory symptoms are much more common, lung impairment is much more common and definitely we are much more prone for respiratory infections right from our birth. So that's where as has been mentioned, you know, uh, that, you know, there has, is prevalence of lung scarring and all that. So that also, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, that makes it more, you know, kind of this study to have presentation of more respiratory system uh, symptoms as compared to other countries. Dr. Balal, you know, the report itself focuses on a small group in the initial phase of the, uh, of the outbreak. But just in terms of your own clinical experience in dealing with, with patients over a longer period of time, it's been a couple of years since the worst of COVID. Uh, we do know, of course, that it's here to stay, it appears. Um, you know, what are some of the long-term, long COVID symptoms that you see most commonly? Uh, good evening, uh, Vishnu. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, the devastating once-in-a-lifetime uh, pandemic of COVID sort of shook the medical world and the citizens of this world. And we initially thought it was just a one-time respiratory illness. However, we know that COVID is here to stay. And now there's this elegant study from CMC Bellore, which proves that Indians, unfortunately, are more prone. And uh, I would like to add one more reason other than the panelists that have already given I think in, Indians inherently have less lung capacity, almost a third of less capacity than the Caucasians. And that may be one reason that we have less reserve. The same thing is true in many other organ systems in India, which means you need less of a damage to sort of tilt you over the hill. 
The second thing is we have chronic pollution, chronic inflammatory state, maybe genetically pre more predisposed, and certainly there are more comorbidities in this group of patients, like diabetes and hypertension. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why we saw more lung damage, lung fibrosis, obstructive lung disease, so on and so forth. The symptoms of long COVID that we see, uh, one of the very common symptoms is very non-specific. People are dull, sort of out of uh, sorts, not feeling up to it, uh, confused state. This has been going on for a long time. We certainly have seen the lung symptoms and diseases that uh, the panelists have mentioned. A very increased incidence of coronary artery disease, strokes, so on and so forth is something that we have seen. So I think COVID has manifested in multiple ways, not only in the acute stage, but also is here to stay as long COVID. Dr. Christopher, what was the breakup of the sample? Uh, men, women, ages, what could you share with us? Uh, so the total sample was 207. Uh, it was uh, slightly uh, more male population. I think about 60 or 65 percent were males. Uh, and you know, for any study where people volunteer, you would probably have more males than others. Otherwise, it covered the entire spectrum of patients from 17 years of age all the way through to perhaps 80 years of age. So we had the entire age spectrum of patients. I just want to uh, concur with the previous speaker that uh, you know there are several uh, ex likely explanations of why Indians had it worse. Uh, in particular in this study we showed that the Indian population had a phenomenally high degree of comorbidities. We had 72% of our study population with comorbidities, diabetes being the highest in 38%. Hypertension 33% and chronic respiratory disease 29%. So we had a population that was uh, inherently more unwell. And so it is conceivable that they may have worse damage uh, due to the COVID. Um, Dr. Garg, here's a basic question. And it's simple, but I think a lot of people would want to know. How would you respond to somebody who says, if I have diabetes, why should that necessarily affect my lungs? See, primarily when you have any of the comorbidities, any infection, and particularly this SARS-CoV-2, when we are talking of, this was severe acute respiratory infection, which was predominantly affecting lungs. So any of the comorbidities, you know, is going to change the spectrum of the disease, whether it is SARS-CoV-2 or any other infection. Particularly in this case, when we were looking at, you know, SARS-CoV-2 infection, so that is bound to get exacerbated because of the presence of diabetes and diabetes and hypertension both. And we all know that, you know, now India is a diabetic capital of the world. So, you know, all the infections, they manifest in a much more, you know, I'll say that severer form as compared to, you know, the... Uh, if you don't have any comorbidities and that's why government of India test on the vaccinations of elderly and also people younger people with comorbidities also elder people in any case are having much more comorbidities as compared to younger ones but now with the changing spectrum you know of the population and demographic divide and stress and strain within the population levels we know that younger people are also getting diabetes and hypertension comparatively at a much younger age as compared to you know earlier times Dr. Balal, would you like to add to that, that, you know, it's not, it's, it's an assumption to say that only those beyond a certain age uh, are, are more susceptible to the impacts of long COVID. In fact, um, 
a lot of people across sexes and across the age spectrum are equally vulnerable. Is that correct? Uh, yes, even though it's probably a little more in the elderly population now because they have more comorbidities. I would like to add a couple of things about diabetes. We, people generally think uh, diabetes is just a problem with the sugar. That's not true. It's a systemic disease of metabolism and affects all the blood vessels. And interestingly, COVID also is known to affect blood vessels. The second thing is diabetes uh, makes you more prone for infections. And one evidence of this was the devastating black fungus or mucormycosis infection we had during COVID. So I think there are many reasons why people with diabetes are more prone for any other effects of other diseases. And I'm sure that probably has contributed some to the long COVID effects in diabetic and hypertensive patients. Interestingly, I think that there is some suggestion that COVID also might induce diabetes. Uh, there were there suggestions that there was increased number of uh, diabetes in uh, patients with COVID. COVID is a very funny virus. I mean, it's not like the usual virus that only affects the respiratory system. It has multitude of effects. It has vascular effects where you have heart attacks, strokes, gangrene of the intestines, uh, amputations, requiring amputations for people with peripheral vascular disease. It reduces the immunity. It induces diabetes and does a whole host of things. So I think it's a very, very different virus. Um, Dr. Christopher, um how uh, do the results of, of your study compare with other studies uh, elsewhere in the world? How is it different in terms of long COVID and data? Yeah, so we were really looking at lung health in the context of, uh, if you would call it long COVID. We were looking at residual lung damage, with, which may, you know, kind of continue forever. So comparison with other data, we... We found that, uh, as I said earlier, the impact of on lung function was in 44% of the population, whereas a meta-analysis, which is a combination of all the studies published, which covered China and Europe, these were the places where previously studies had been done. It was 31%. So 44% versus 31%. So in comparison with the other studies published, we had more lung function impairment and, and in terms of comorbidities, which we spoke about, you know, as I said, that 72% of our population had comorbidities. In a Chinese cohort, a Chinese population of exactly the same age, which is an average age of 48 years, the comorbidities were 40%. So we have a clear 30% higher comorbidities than the Chinese group. So these were probably the major differences. So I just wanted to make one point sure. with regard to the previous question on comorbidities. Uh, so we said comorbidities means, uh, you, know, we, we say, you know, we always knew that people with comorbidities had more severe COVID. People with comorbidities died more. That was uh, kind of foundational knowledge at the time of COVID. Also, we know that people with comorbidities have more severe disease, and our study shows that the more severe the initial COVID infection, the more affected the lung. So the residual damage to the lung is proportionate to the uh, severity of initial disease. So that is, that's another uh, factor that we need to bear and in mind. And by initial disease, in all cases, those affected by Delta have had worse uh, lung damage than those, for example, who've had a bad out case outbreak of, for example, Omicron uh, or some of the other 
uh, variants and subvariants. Is that right? Absolutely right. So critical, severe, uh, moderate, and mild. So in this category, the mild would have the least damage, and the critical and severe would have the highest damage. Ultimately, um, Dr. Balal, why don't you take this question? It's about the quality of life, which has been impacted for millions of people in India around the world, billions, not millions. Um, you know, with the lung damage which people have suffered, uh, the long COVID that's happening, it's not something that necessarily will just go away. People will just need to adjust and live with it, right? Uh, there's always a silver lining at the end of a cloud. And I think the silver lining is that uh, we have come out of uh, COVID much better than many other countries. And of course, the hope is that even people with uh, uh, respiratory damage that's long term have good uh, ways of or good uh, therapeutic means like pulmonary rehabilitation, nutrition, oxygen support, counseling them on lifestyle modifications. And of course, the pulmonologists also have drugs that can improve the inflammation in the lungs. So it's not at the end of the world. Certainly, there is going to be some discomfort. And a few might actually have severe damage that requires lung transplantation. But it's not like we have lost all hope. Uh, the good news is we have come out of uh, COVID, uh, I wouldn't say unscathed, but less scathed than the rest of the world. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you all very much for joining us. Um, Dr. Garg, you had a point to make. Go ahead, ma'am. Yeah, because when we talk about quality of life, that means we are talking of different domains. When we are talking of different domains, we are talking of six you know, domains, whether we talk of physical domain, whether we talk of interpersonal domains, social domain, you know, so that way, you know, when we see overall, you know, COVID affects, you know, the person as a whole, when we talk of fatigue, when we talk of fogging, when we talk of forgetfulness, so we can see that all domains, whether we talk of, you know, any of the domains, they are all affected by uh, COVID as a whole, you know, so overall any disease is, uh, we have gone through very bad phase of HIV infection also in recent past. So, you know, when we talk of quality of life, we have to express in terms of domains also. So it has overall affected the quality of life of the individual as a whole. And both, you know, our Lancet Commission study and the study which has been completed in Delhi also, they have come up with the similar findings that long-term COVID is definitely affecting not only the quality of life, but overall, you know, the in terms of presentation of symptoms also. Uh, that is very important to be noted. All right. Uh, you know, a frightening reminder of how this has impacted us in so many ways. I'd like to thank you all very much for joining us and sharing this very important data. Thank you very much.